0: Yeah, you know what a long cut is? It's when you were trying to take a shortcut, but it didn't quite work out. Sometimes I'm driving on the highway, going down, and then there's traffic, the slow up. And you look at your GPS, and it's saying it's just red on that patch of highway. Oh, man. So you start looking for alternate routes. Oh, if I exit here and I take this back road or this road through the city, I might be able to save some time. And you try it. And you're on that road, and, and then you start to look over at the highway, and you see that the cars are moving again, and you're stuck. Has that happened to you before? I know it's happened to me. And then instead of a shortcut, you feel like you were shortchanged, right? I had some friends that were on a backpacking trip. They weren't actually taking a shortcut out. They just were trying to hike out. There was no trail to this hot springs that they were at. And they were just cross-countrying it back to where they had parked on the road uh, uh, several miles away. And after a while, hiking, 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 things started to look familiar. And (laughs) my friend Tom said, wait, are, are we hiking back to where we started? And they realized that they had done a complete circle. And they were coming up upon a nice hot spring, but it was the one that they had started from, not their car. Instead of taking a shortcut or even taking a direct route, they had been shortchanged, and they got an extra hike in. I was not on that trip. I was not leading, although I can imagine myself doing that. So what exactly is a shortcut? What's a shortcut? Something that can make you go faster? Yeah, you're trying to go faster somewhere. So maybe it's not the most direct route, but maybe you can go faster on that route. Or maybe it's something that you think, if if I just do this, it will make this process faster, and I'll get to this goal even quicker. That's what a shortcut is like. And yet, many times in life, we try to cut the corner. We try to get somewhere quicker. We try to achieve an experience or a goal faster in life. And we end up with negative consequences and are shortchanged in the end. People want muscles. They want to be strong. Well, there's some shortcuts, right? Performance enhancing drugs. People try taking those. And, And sometimes it works for a while and then they get caught in their sport that they're playing in. Or the bat that they've been using to hit home runs with breaks, and they see that the bat's been corked. Mentioning no names here. <laughs> or there, or there, I was in Sun Valley, Idaho skiing, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. I didn't see him, but I heard that he had taken a fall on a run skiing, and he'd broken his femur. It Takes a lot of force to break a femur. But I knew the run that he fell on, it was just a flat run. And some wondered if all of the steroids that he took in all of his bodybuilding days had shortchanged his bone density so that when he fell, his bone broke easier. If we don't want to wait for our food, we just get fast food, right? I took a shortcut this morning with breakfast. And uh, didn't want to take time for things, so I pulled the frozen waffles out of the freezer, put those in. It wasn't a terrible shortcut, and on the box it said whole wheat, so. (laughs) But you know what that means. It says whole wheat, but it doesn't mean a lot anymore these days. If you don't want to wait in line at the airport now, you can pay extra money. You can go through a screening process, and you can skip the lines. Or at theme parks, you can pay extra money so the rich people can go through line quickest. It's not the worst shortcut ever if if you're looking at a business deal, but it doesn't make the other people feel very good, that's for sure. People want shortcuts when it comes to their love life or to sexual desires, and there's all sorts of shortcuts on the internet. There's all sorts of experiences to try and shortcut intimacy, but in the end, it leaves people empty and addicted and wishing that they hadn't taken those shortcuts. Or for many people, if they are dealing with depression or they want to feel good about themselves or they want energy or excitement in life, they turn to drugs or alcohol or other ways to numb their pain, other ways to to get to this experience or to deal with that pain in a quick way. And so we self-medicate in that sort of shortcut. Or people want money. I want a lot of money and I want it really fast. So I'm going to try this shortcut. I'm going to buy a ticket at the gas station, the shortcut ticket, and maybe I'll be the one to strike it rich. You know, even the people who win the lottery, so many times they end up way worse than they had ever been before, and they wished they hadn't have won it because of all the trouble that happens to them. All the relatives and friends they'd forgotten about now asking for money, wanting money, or wasting it through frivolous means. Some people want to lose weight quick. And they find all sorts of shortcuts. Just try this diet. It's going to work for you. And a lot of diets, quite frankly, work. You lose a lot of weight, but it's not a lifestyle change. And so then when you go off the diet, the weight just comes right back. And the shortcut doesn't end up being the solution that they want. People want a good grade in school. Ah, I don't want to have to write this paper. I'm just going to go online and buy a paper. Shortcut. You know, some people can end up in jail because of that, kicked out of their schools because of plagiarism and other things. It's a serious thing. Uh, Or if I just look over at my friend's test, I'm going to take a shortcut to these right answers, or I'm going to let him do my work for me. But that's never a good option. Other people don't want conflict in their life, or they have trouble with family members. Well, what's the shortcut to peace? Just cut those people out of my life. I don't want to deal with all of that. I don't want to process our conflict. And sure there are times when there are people that you need to take a break from, but for many of us there are shortcuts that we take unnecessarily that wrecks relationships and ruins opportunity. With very few exceptions, shortcuts in life tend to be negative. I'm not talking about the things that are just like good time savers. There are some clever tricks for around your house and you can watch videos on YouTube for how to get stains out of your clothing and so forth. Those are okay shortcuts. But the things that we just talked about for the most part leave you empty, leave you feeling shortchanged, leave you with baggage that you didn't want in the beginning, and in some cases they leave you dead. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, literally dead. Last week we talked about a man named Demas. We were talking about the subject of drifting, right? Demas had started good with Paul, but then he drifted away. And in that verse in 2 Timothy, it said that Demas left because he wanted the pleasures of the now world, the present world. He wanted to be happy in life, and who doesn't want to be happy? but he thought he could take a shortcut to that happiness that he was somehow, for some reason, not finding by going to the immediate passing pleasures of the world. But in the end, if we were to interview Demas, I bet you he would tell us he wasn't as happy as he thought he was going to be. Howard Hughes, one of the wealthiest men in the world, they asked him in his time when he was alive, Howard, how much money is enough? He said, just a little bit more. (laughs) Hugh Hefner founder of all sorts of inappropriate things he didn't find happiness in that lifestyle either always had to be the next person, the next experience the next thing those shortcuts were dead ends Demas found this out no doubt in his own experience because Paul, even though Paul was was in the midst of a home arrest at that time Paul was happy he said, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. I know there is laid up for me a crown, an everlasting life. You know, Demas isn't the first person in the Bible to try and take a shortcut. Plenty of people in the Bible took shortcuts to try and achieve a purpose. Think about the first people in the world, Adam and Eve. Eve saw that fruit. Serpent said, it's, it's good to make you wise. See how smart I am? I'm a talking snake. It'll make you wise. It'll give you that wisdom that God wants you to have. Just take the shortcut. So she picked the fruit. She ate it. And she took a shortcut to that knowledge and experience. And it ended up being the worst dead end for humanity ever. And Adam took that experience with her. What about Abraham? Abraham had given him a promise God gave him a promise: You're going to have a son. He took a shortcut. What was her name? Hagar. He'd been waiting a long time. Admittedly, he'd been told by God: You're going to have a son, and, and it's, your offspring is going to like the stars of the sky. Well, surely, surely God must have a way, and and he thought Hagar was the shortcut. How'd that work out for him? Not good. The conflict in the Middle East today ultimately stems from that bad shortcut, that long cut, that short-changing experience. Jacob. Jacob thought, well, he knew God had promised to give him the, or his, he was supposed to be the one that was going to have the birthright, right? And what did he do to, to get it? Did he, did he wait on God's timing? no. He kind of did a little trick with his brother. It wasn't really a trick, but it was kind of a bad bargain. And then in the end, he outright stole it and deceived his way into the birthright, the blessing. And that shortcut was a long cut for him. It led to him having to leave his house, leave his family. He didn't get to see his parents ever again. By the time he reconciled with Esau, his parents were dead, exiled for Many, many years, a couple decades. What about King Saul? 1 Kings chapter 13. King Saul had been told, sure, there's an army coming, but Samuel said, wait for me for seven days. I'm going to come to you. We're going to have sacrifice, and then we'll go ahead with God's blessings into battle. Well, those seven days were, were about up. It was on the seventh day. People were getting restless. The tribes of the people were starting to leave the situation. Saul says, okay, shortcut time. All right, gather in. I'm going to do the sacrifice. Bring in those offerings. Get the wood burning. We're doing it right now. Shortcut. As soon as he's done with that, Samuel walks up. He says, what's going on here? Why didn't you wait? Why did you take the shortcut? God now has rejected you as king. Saul lost the kingdom because he tried to take the shortcut. Are you seeing the pattern here? What about Naaman? Naaman, you remember him? He was the guy who had the leprosy. And he went to go to Israel because the little maid had said, go to my people. There's a man who can heal you. And he went to the king, and the king said, I can't heal you. Talk to the prophet. So he went to the prophet, and the prophet said, first of all, wait. I don't have time for you right now, but in a little while. And he was offended by that. But eventually the prophet told him, dip in the river, which river? Jordan. The River Jordan, how many times? Seven, times? Seven times, and he was offended. He said, that pilly little, little river, that ugly little thing, we've got much better rivers in my country. I'm out of here. I'm taking the shortcut. I don't like this thing. And one of his servants said, hey, if you'd, he asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. Why don't you just do this? And so he didn't take the shortcut ultimately, and his leprosy was removed from him because of his faith. But then there was Gehazi, the prophet's servant. Gehazi said, I want to get rich. I want to get rich quick. And this man offered us a whole bunch of stuff, about $90,000 in today's terms. So he went after Naaman and said, oh, there's been a change of heart. We do want the stuff after all. Just give it to me. I'll take care of it for you. He took all the goods, the clothes, the money, And what did he end up with because of his shortcut? He got the leprosy that Naaman had, transferred to him. Shortcut turned into a long cut. He had that leprosy for the rest of his life. What about in the New Testament? We talked about Demas. I think about the rich young ruler. He wanted riches. He wanted wealth. He wanted salvation. Jesus said, okay, surrender everything. You're holding on to your wealth. Just give it up. You'll have eternal life. And by the way, you'll inherit all things." He said, "No, no, 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 I don't want I want what I currently have. I want to be wealthy. I'm taking the shortcut and saying no to your offer and keeping what I have, turning down heaven's riches, so that he could have the piddly little riches that he had in this life. Another shortcut gone bad. Another missed opportunity because he wasn't willing to follow and to have faith. You getting the picture? We could probably have some fun today. We could come up with a whole big long list of more shortcuts in the Bible. Maybe that's a good afternoon ap- activity for you. But I want to take a look at a couple of verses. What does the Bible have to say? Go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. What counsel does God give us when it comes to these types of shortcuts? Proverbs 21, verse 5. When you get there, say, I'm there. Verse 5 says this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to what? to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely, to poverty." That's kind of like saying the people who take the shortcuts to get rich lead to poverty. In other words, if you want money in life, it's going to take diligence. Generally, get-rich-quick schemes don't work. It may work for a few random people, but generally it doesn't work. Be diligent. Because people who are hasty surely leads to poverty. Matthew chapter 7, let's go there. New Testament. Matthew 7, verse 13. You won't find the word shortcut in most Bibles. You'll maybe see it in some translations, but the principles are certainly there. Matthew chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount, verse 13. Jesus said there, enter by which kind of gate? The narrow gate. For what's the gate like that leads to destruction? Wide. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it. Even though it's wide, you know, this kind of shortcut is, is really wide and really broad. Normally shortcuts are little narrow roads, but Jesus said the shortcut... A Apparent shortcut in life is just to go the easy way. But the only way to salvation is through Jesus and the narrow way, following him. What about Galatians? Let's go to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul there is talking about Flesh versus the Spirit. Growing your life spiritually. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and we'll start in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap in his flesh corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will in the, of the Spirit reap an everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. In other words, don't take the shortcut... For in due season we will reap if we don't lose heart. If you want growth in your life, especially spiritual growth in the context here, don't give up. Don't try and short-circuit the process. Don't try and take the shortcut because God will help you grow and there will be a harvest if you don't lose heart. We could talk a lot more about these types of things, but but I want to turn in our our minds now to the question, what do we do when we're tempted to take a shortcut? We've seen, a lot of times, shortcuts in life end negatively. They impact us bad ways financially, they impact us bad ways socially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all these ways. But what do we do when we're tempted? Because there are a lot of temptations to take the shortcut. Well, if I just lie to my employer about this, maybe I can get this promotion, shortcutting my way up the chain. Or I know the Bible says this, but I think I can get this if I just do it like this way, even though God says, don't do that. And we could come up with a lot of different examples here. But what do we do? The first thing you do if you're tempted to take a shortcut, whether it's cheating on a test, cheating on your spouse, cheating at your work, or any number of other things, medicating yourself through drugs, alcohol, etc. Number one thing that we do is we pray. And we admit, we say, God, I'm tempted to do XYZ right now, but I know that's probably not a good life decision. I know it's against your word. I know that ultimately I don't want to do that. Help me with this. And one of my favorite passages 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. This is another good one to turn to, and we're really close to it if you're still in Galatians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 31. And by 31, I'm actually meaning 13. My dad is dyslexic. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You know, when I was a little kid, I had a, a, a blackboard, a chalkboard, and I just learned my ABCs, and I took the, the chalk out, and I wrote out the ABCs on the entire board, and there's a picture of me, maybe I'll share it sometime, there's a picture of me standing so proudly beside the ABCs that I had just written out, and... I, I'm amazed that I was able to do this, but I wrote from right to left, so backwards, okay, the Hebrew way, and every letter that could be turned backwards, I did. Like the letter A doesn't matter if it's capital, but the letter B does. Every single letter I wrote backwards, and I wrote it from right to left, and my mom thought, oh wow, surely <laughs> dyslexia is in its future, <laughs> which, which should be all right, you know? Uh, But didn't end up that way. Um, Old enough, it was like in kindergarten or something. Do you see that with any of your kids? Uh Uh-huh. It was also left-handed, too, so maybe there was something with that. Who knows? Um, In any case, where were we? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That's the one. Verse 13. And what does it say there? It says, No temptation has overtaken you, such is as common to man. But God is what? Faithful, Faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. It's like when you're tempted to take this shortcut that will impact you negatively, God says, I've got a real shortcut for you. And it comes through prayer, and you say, God, help me out of this. Where's the spiritual heavenly shortcut to get out of this temptation? And every single time, God says, he will provide a way of escape. So when you're tempted, say, God, I need you right now. Where's the exit? Where's the emergency exit? Where's the slide? I can slide right out of this temptation because I need you right now. Number one, when you're tempted to take a bad shortcut pray, and look for God's exit. Number two, remember the reward. This is a good thing if you're taking notes. The four steps, actually five things, five key ingredients to escaping the bad shortcuts. And we might just call shortcuts temptations here because honestly that's what they are a lot of times. Number one, it starts with prayer. Number two, remember the reward okay and to illustrate this I have a short video I want you to watch on the screen here about immediate versus delayed gratification I think you'll enjoy this okay in that chair you need them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> simple little test one marshmallow or two some of us wouldn't even think any marshmallows would be that appealing but you saw the struggle that they were going through, right? But what helps them hang on for those most of them that did it? Roman, what would you see? Yeah, so they, they were remembering the reward. Hey, there's one. I could have one right now, but I could have two in a few minutes. How much better rewards do we have as Christians, right? Jesus says, hey, there's going to be ups and downs in your life now, but there's a really awesome reward later on. (laughs) Isaiah 25, verse 9, it says, It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him that He might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. God's people, when He comes back, will say, It was worth the wait. We waited. We didn't take those shortcuts that were dangerous for our spiritual lives. We hung in there. And in some cases we had to delay certain gratification until later. But you know, the Christian life is not all about delayed gratification because there are many promises that say that our happiness and joy starts right here and now. Amen? It's not just put off all this fun stuff until later. No, it's Enjoy quality fun stuff now, stuff that doesn't leave you hanging later on or hangovers later on. Enjoy it now. Check this out. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. This is so awesome. Hebrews 11, verse 24. This is the faith chapter, all about people who exercise their faith in God. And Moses is a powerful example of somebody who said, I'm going to wait because I'm remembering the reward. Hebrews 11, verse 24. The Bible there says By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the what? The reward. Moses said, I could be the prince of Egypt right now, and sure, it would be a lot of fun, but these pleasures won't last. I see the reward, I know that the reward is there, and I'm going to hold on for that, even if life gets a little bit ugly right now, because it's going to get really awesome in the future. There's no doubt, there are times when God says, Delay your gratification until later. But he also says life should be better in many regards right now. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if we are in God's presence, we should have the joy of his presence, which is a more lasting joy, a higher quality joy, than the joy from eating a little marshmallow. Right? Hard to believe, huh? (laughs) Okay, you got to look this one up too. Mark chapter 10. We don't have too many more verses, but I want you to see this with your own eyes. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Mark chapter 10, what verse did I say? Verse 28. Okay, so number one, the first uh, part ingredient for resisting these shortcuts was what? Pray. Let's try that again. The first one is what? Pray. Pray. And what was the second one? remember Remember the reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pray, and there's the exit. Number two, remember the reward. Number three is find joy in the journey, because there's joy in the current journey. At God's presence, there's fullness of joy. But look at this. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. They've just seen Jesus say it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of of heaven. And Peter, verse 28, he began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Look what we've given up, Lord. Like, what's in it for us? We've given it all up. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, No one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake and the Gospels, people who've had to give up things to follow me. Verse 30, these people shall receive a hundredfold when? Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, now there are persecutions, but in the age to come you get eternal life. Jesus said, yeah, there are things, there are sacrifices to taking up my cross, no doubt. And it may cause issues in your friend groups. They may not want to hang out with you when you're following the Lord anymore. He doesn't deny that fact. But he says you get so much back. And having been able to travel around to different parts of the world, different parts of the country, and experience the family of God, it is awesome. Seeing the true Christian fellowship up in paradise, hearing the stories of people. The pastor up there, Steve Hamilton, who married... Sarah and I, he said, we're we're living the book of Acts right now where everyone has everything in common. We're just there to help each other out. And they're experiencing these blessings in so many ways, even though they've lost it all. Jesus says the benefits of following him are a hundredfold now, and then, oh yeah, by the way, there's eternal life in a perfect place called heaven also. Step number one was what? Pray. Pray. Number two? Remember the reward. And number three is, is joy in the journey. Find joy in the journey. Let me read you something from Philip Yancey, famous Christian author. He says, Human beings grow by striving, working, stretching. And in a sense, human nature needs problems more than solutions. Why are all prayers not answered magically and instantly? Why must every convert travel the same tedious path of spiritual discipline? Why do we have to work in life and spiritual growth sometimes? Why don't we get everything we ask for? Here's his answer. Because persistent prayer, fasting, study, and meditation are designed primarily for our sakes, not for God's. Kierkegaard said that Christians reminded him of schoolboys who want to look up the answers to the math problems in the back of the book rather than work them through. We yearn, he says, for shortcuts. But shortcuts usually lead away from growth, not towards it. Apply the principle directly to Job. What was the final result of the testing that he went through? As Rabbi Abraham Heschel, Heschel observed, faith like Job's cannot be shaken because it is the result of having been shaken. This is a powerful quote. Philip Yancey saying, we just want all, the, all the, the quick shortcuts. Let me just look up the answer real quick here. But the process itself is what helps grow us and develop us. Book of James, it says the testing of your faith produces patience. We shouldn't ask to be delivered out of all circumstances because God allows certain things for our growth. Not to say that all things are good. But you can grow. There can be joy in the journey as you realize by avoiding the shortcut, you yourself are growing and becoming more like God. Step number one is pray. Number two was was what again? Remember the reward. Three, find joy in the journey. Four is take the next step. If you're confronted with a shortcut, just take the next step forward on the path that God has for you. Let me read you something else here. There are no shortcuts when it comes to revival. The church desperately needs revival, but it's not going to come by quick and easy methods. Evan Roberts prayed for 11 years before the Welsh revival broke out, and his ministry during that remarkable time broke him physically. More than 100,000 people were converted to Christ, during that mighty awakening, but it was not the result of manufactured meetings. They were spontaneous or man-made promotions. True revival goes deeper than that. This guy wanted revival in his homeland, and he prayed 11 years for it, and 100,000 people gave their lives to God as a result. Just take the next step, whether that's praying or working or studying or going back to the drawing board and finding a solution. Do the next step in front of you. And finally, reach out. Reach out to others to support you in your journey. You're tempted to take a shortcut? Number one, pray. Number two, remember the reward. Number three, find joy in your current circumstance. Four, take the next step, whatever it is, whether it's big or small. And five, reach out to somebody else. And that's why church is so important. Right? That's why this fellowship and community is so important. Last week we had... We had the Milk sc- Stool, right? And what were the things written on the legs of the Milk Stool? Ways to grow spiritually? Yeah. Pray. Pray that's right. Good job, Henry. What else? Anyone else remember? What's that? Uh, it was a, it connected to that. Study? Study. That's right. Spend time in the Word. Spend time praying. And there, there was one other. Does Anyone remember? That's right. Share. Sharing. Good job. And the last one was be together with God's people. No shortcut to that. No shortcut. So let's apply this real quick. Then we need to close this thing and get out of here. Not that I'm looking for a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> but let's apply. Let's apply these five things. Let's say, let's just make it really simple. You're at school and you're tempted to cheat on an assignment. Okay? Okay. Number one, what should you do? Pray, say, God, I'm tempted. The struggle is real, please help me. Number two, remember the reward. What's the reward? I want a good grade, I want to have a clean conscience, and I want to learn in the process. Will cheating help me with any of those things? No. So the reward, if I take the shortcut, I won't get the reward. I'm gonna go for God's path here. Number three, find joy in the journey. Say, okay, I'm deciding not to cheat, and praise God, I can feel good about myself. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My parents will be proud of me for not cheating. God, you're happy with me right now. Heaven, ain't my angels are rejoicing because I decided not to make this bad decision. Okay, take the next step. The next step is to actually do your homework, right? To study for the test. And number five, reach out. Maybe you need help, so you talk to your teacher or you say to your friend, hey, I was tempted to cheat but I didn't and would you just encourage me in this? right? Or let me give you another example. Maybe you want to grow spiritually, but you're so busy and you have troubles with that. So the shortcut to life is just not to have any devotions, right? Right. Okay, so number one, pray. Say, God, I need your help. I am so busy right now, I don't know how to spend time with you, but I know it's important. Number two, remember the reward. The reward is a growing relationship with God, intimacy with the maker of our universe. How awesome is that? That's what we're going for when we spend time with God. So what do we do next? Find joy. Find joy. So start taking some time and saying, God, you, you want me to do this? You say in your presence is fullness of joy. Help me to find joy in your presence in this moment right now. And there's joy in that moment. Take the next step. Got to figure out how to make some time. How to take some time. Start small, start somewhere. Maybe it's not at the time you expect, but make some time, some time in your day. And reach out, talk to a friend. Maybe they've gone through the same thing. They can help you with that process. They can encourage you and check in with you. Hey, how's it going with this? You getting the picture? Yes. Okay, I'm just gonna review one more time. Number one, what was it? Pray. Pray. Number two, Remember. remember the reward. Number three, Rejoice! Find joy in the journey. Number four, take the next step. And number five, reach out. In closing, I think about Jesus. Jesus, as he was approaching the end of his life, was tempted to take a shortcut. He'd already been tempted by the devil to take shortcuts in the wilderness. Hey, turn that stone into bread. You're hungry. Just do it. He said, "Nah." Hey, you want all these nations? Just bow down. I'll give them to you. Shortcut, Jesus. He said, nah. Hey, you want to demonstrate who you are? Just jump off this high point. You'll make it. Nah, that's not how I'm going to get it. Jesus ignored the early shortcuts. But at the end of his life, the most compelling shortcut was there because he could just say, Okay, God, I'm out. Forget these sinners down here on planet Earth. I'm gone. I just want to get back to you. I want to be back in heaven. I want to be back on my throne Beam me up, God. He could have said that. But he didn't. Where did he go? He went to a garden. What did he go to the garden to do? To pray. He knew the only way out of this temptation is through prayer. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He thought about you and me being saved. He had the joy, the reward before him. He hung on to that, but he also found good in the situation. You better believe it brought joy to his heart when the thief on the cross said, remember me, and he said, assuredly, I say unto you today, you'll be with me in paradise. He entrusted his mother into the good hands of his disciple John. And in the garden, he was trying to get others involved. He was saying to his friends, help me out with this. Pray with me for an hour. And even on the cross, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he also took the next step by just refusing to use his power. His enemies said, just, why doesn't he command the angels to take him off the cross? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I don't know what shortcuts the devil's tempting you with right now, this week, what he'll tempt you with, but I know that every time Jesus was faced with Satan's shortcuts, he said no, and he took God's way. Whether it's a big thing or a small thing, how many of you this week want Jesus' help to go on God's path? Let's pray. Dear God, I don't know what shortcuts we'll be tempted with this week. I don't know how subtle or how obvious they'll be, but I pray that we, like you, Lord Jesus, will stick to your path, the only path, and that we can have joy now and joy forever. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Have a happy Sabbath, and we'll see you next time.